Hi, my name's Tara Humphrey and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast, where I will be sharing interviews and insights from the field of healthcare. The Business of Healthcare podcast is brought to you by THC Primary Care, where we provide operations and project management to primary care networks. If you are a clinical director or a practice manager and your to-do list is growing by the minute and you could do with an extra pair of hands to support you to roll out your network-based contracts and projects, I would love to help you. We also provide consultancy and coaching advice to healthcare business owners and clinical leads looking to take the next step in their career or their business. Come and check us out at www.thcprimarycare.co.uk. Hi, and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. So I think you're going to love this interview. I had the pleasure of speaking with Lara Loudon. Lara is a pharmacist. She owns her own pharmacy and she's also the founder and CEO of the London House of Wellbeing. And the London House of Wellbeing is a screening service that allows us to have direct access to specific health-related tests. Lara shares with us her journey from pharmacist to serial entrepreneur. She talks about the future of healthcare. She shares with us a productivity tip, and it's a productivity tip that doesn't come up around evaluating your plans. She shares with us her superpower, and we talk about mindset and confidence. And Lara also shares with us her plans to scale up her business. So hear me when I say this lady wife, mother, two businesses, and she's now a podcast host. Very ambitious, very humble, extremely positive, extremely driven. You're going to love it. Enjoy. So hi, Lara. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Business of Healthcare podcast. How are you doing? I'm absolutely fine. And it's my pleasure, Tara, to be on your podcast. I'm really honoured and flattered. Oh, my pleasure. So we both know Dr. Vidya we were just talking about. So Dr. Vidya, she has been on the podcast. She's amazing. And she's also She was a mentor on our Business of Healthcare Scholarship. How do you know her? I know her because another doctor friend, she was a customer, she recommended me to her because she felt that she would fit in with things that we wanted to do. And so I wanted to listen to what she had to say. And um, that's how I came across your podcast. And I just thought she was great. She was enthusiastic. She was so down to earth and normal for a GP and a doctor. And she does so many amazing things. Things. And I just like the sound of her. So yeah, yeah, that's how I know her and you. So when we first connected and you said to me, I I don't really do much. I don't really know much. (laughs) Could you tell our listeners what you do? (laughs) 
Okay, so I'm a pharmacist. I own my own business. It's next door to a medical centre in South London. But as well as that, I've started up a new business and it's just to do with health screening. So that's what I do. So I'm a pharmacist and I uh, have a health screening business because I just wanted to create awareness, people to take control of their health more. And that's where the new business idea came about, really. And you also are a podcast host. Yes. So uh, recently we launched our own podcast called the Preventative Healthcare Podcast, um, March the 22nd. So, yeah, so that's something that's really exciting at the moment, just having this whole idea about creating awareness of how people can prevent certain health conditions. So that's what the podcast is all about. So it it would be great if you could share with our listeners how you went from being a pharmacist to a business owner and then creating your second business. So what, tell us about your journey. Okay. So, well, I think it started with a very powerful, strong, inspirational woman, which was my mum. My mum is why I'm here today and she's everything that I stand for. So I was brought up to believe that you could do anything. I was brought up to believe that education was the fundamental stepping stone to a good, happy, fulfilled life. So that was instilled in me from a very young age. So I went to university, I became a pharmacist and I always knew at the back of my mind that I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to be able to control things and, um, yeah, just have a path that I was in control of. So I worked for Boots and I received great training. I loved my time at Boots, but I knew, as I said, that I wanted to own my own business. So then I left Boots and I started my own business with a friend and we were different in the sense that we were aware even back then that we wanted things to be different so we at the time had a consultation room that had a reflexologist that had a homeopath that had a chiropodist so we were in the journals um, as something new and, and exciting and our pharmacy had a a Victorian feel to it. So we knew that when you launch things, it's a good idea to have a different slant on things, really. So pharmacy was great. I love interacting with customers. I love giving advice. I love supporting them and seeing and making a difference in their lives. And then it was funny in the sense that ticked along for a few years. And then I happened to be in Thailand with my family and a friend. And we went to this huge, rambling, busy market to meet um, a friend of my friend's, Wendy, her name was. And we met her friend called Kate. And I said to Kate, why have you come over from Hong Kong? Because she was only on a fleeting visit. And And she said, oh, I've come for my health check. And I was like, you've flown from Hong Kong to Thailand for a health check. And she said, yeah, we do it every year. My employer pays for me to fly over. And I was thinking, imagine of all all the things that you could pick up if every year you were having a health check 
And I just thought that that was such an immensely powerful tool to have in terms of health because you're preempting any conditions that you could develop. You're, if you're pre-diabetic, you could take, um, you know, have exercise, look at your diet and make real changes to your life. And I thought, when I get back home, I know I've got my pharmacy business and everything, but I want to do something to do with health checks and screening. And initially, what I thought was I'd have some sort of retreat, like a country house where people would come and, you know, relax and have these health screening tests. But then I thought, no, and friends were advising me and they were saying, just keep it simple to start off with. So that's what we did. We found a unit in South London, in Herne Hill, and that's all we do. We um, allow people to just walk in off the street and have access to 13 at the moment different health screening tests. And what we found is that it's better to make it easy for people to just walk in off the street and have a health screening test because you might be really busy. You might be uh, someone that works in the city. You don't have time to phone your GP and wait two weeks for an appointment. So how easy would it be just to be able to walk in, have an indication of a condition, a deficiency in vitamin D or high cholesterol levels, just an indication in 10 minutes and then you're on your way. So that is the main crux of our business, just letting people be in control of their health, having access to health screening when and where they want, and just be aware, just be in control. So that's how I went from being a pharmacist to having a a couple of business ventures, really. Do you consider yourself an entrepreneur? If you could see her face, that's like, no. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I am. I am an entrepreneur. But you know, sometimes you're so busy in what you're doing, you don't stop and think of how you're looked upon. You're just so involved in getting things out and doing things. I don't ever really stop to think and absorb exactly what I am. So it, even though to you, that's a straightforward question. Are you an entrepreneur? I did have to stop and think about it. But yes, I'm a risk taker. I am. I'm a, I am an entrepreneur. I've never said it before, but yeah, I am. And with your pharmacy business, so where you've said, so you had your pharmacy business and then obviously things things happened and you created your other business. How did you fund your second business? Purely through my pharmacy business in the sense that I have, um, you know, saved up money and I have money put aside for other ventures and this was one of them. So yeah, I wouldn't have been able to have the second business if I wasn't a pharmacist running my own business with the first. So yeah. And how big is your pharmacy team? There's six of us all together. So I run the business with my husband. So he manages it because I don't work there every day. And then I have dispensers, pharmacy technicians and counter staff and two pharmacy locums and um, a delivery driver. And how big is your health screening business? So that's just started in September. So we have four pharmacists and we have two healthcare receptionists. So they, they man the front business side of things. So it's small. And did you ever think you launched your second business in the middle of the pandemic? Why did you decide, can't wait, let's do this now? 
That's a good question. I just felt it was risky, but I felt just go with it, Lara. We wanted to launch in March, funnily enough, like 2020, but obviously things got out of our control. So we waited and we waited and we waited and nothing was changing. And so come September 2020, we just thought we'll just go with it and just see what happens. Let's get out there and just see how if people are receptive to what we're doing. And what has the response been so far? The response has been, been fantastic in the sense that people are beginning they to begin with we had um, a soft opening and Hernhill is a very closed community and the people are very engaging when it comes to health anyway but when someone new comes into onto the scene they want to know all about it so it was lovely being accepted and people just wanting to know all about us so it was brilliant it was just what we wanted obviously during lockdown it's been quiet but we've kept going and um, we uh, sort of make sure that we're posting on Instagram. We're giving people good advice and good content and things that are valued. Um, we have Facebook groups. We've, Like I said, we've launched our, our podcast. So we really feel now that things have opened up, we can absolutely judge what it's like because it hasn't been a, a normal yeah. level playing field, but we felt we had to still be out there. And when's, when, if you think about it, Launching a healthcare business during a health pandemic is yeah. sort of that you can see a correlation there. Yeah, so, yeah. true. <laughs> Definitely. And how is so you get like your normal NHS health check? Does, does that kick in when you're 40? Yeah, when you're 40. And there was a big fanfare when that was launched originally, but it kind of fizzled out and there was funding issues with PCTs at the time as to how that would roll out. So there are some pharmacies that still do them, but it's not with the fanfare that was there originally. And with normal healthcare checks, there's specific things that you do like cholesterol, but they're not from the the customer's point of view. You know, a customer might want to know, for example, if they're low in vitamin D, that's not something that you could ordinarily do on okay. a health yeah, on a health check. So when you were talking about health screening, you kind of pronounced and emphasized the word indication. So why is that important? Because some people feel and our price point is quite low. If you were to look up health screening and scans, body scans and things like that, they're very expensive and that puts people off. So we wanted to pitch it just right. So at a level 29, 30 pounds for a vitamin D test or for a cholesterol test so that you know where you're at. So it's it's a good idea for people to have that initial step. So it's not a flarfung sort of high tech sort of test where you get, you know, every minutiae detail of what's going on. It's just an indication. So I can tell you whether you're low in vitamin D. I can tell you whether your cholesterol levels are high. I can tell you whether you have the bacteria for stomach ulcers. I can tell you whether you're hypo, you know, you suffer from hypothyroidism. They're just giving you an indication. And there may be an event where you need to be referred on to your doctor. So as long as you give us consent, we will happily do that. So it's really important that people know that 
you know, we have a system where we ask for people's consent and then we can further on the details and we refer people to another relevant healthcare professional if needed. So where your friend said she went every year, what behaviour are you trying to promote? So would somebody like me, so if I think that there's nothing, I don't think anything is wrong with me, um, would I come into you and have the full range of tests done once a year and that would give me a good indication or am I have I got a specific gripe where I'm like actually if I go and get the test then I can have maybe a more productive conversation with my GP around the next steps yeah so that's a great question so where do you start so for example you could feel really tired. You can't explain why you feel tired, but you constantly do. You haven't had time to go to the doctor. So you would come in and you would explain your symptoms. Your hair could be dropping out. You just feel lethargic all the time. And then we could suggest and guide you. So we could say, okay, Tara, you're saying you feel run down all the time. You could be low in iron you could have vitamin D deficiency. I think that's a good starting point. Let's do those tests and see where we go. And you'll be surprised to know, we had a lady in a couple of weeks ago who, again, she didn't know what to come in for. So she came and she spoke to the pharmacist and we ran those two tests and she was deficient in both of them. And she was really shocked. She just was not expecting that at all. So we highlighted to her that she was deficient. So now she's armed with that information so she can do something about it. With iron, you have to be careful. And all the pharmacists know this because it could be the indication of something more serious. So therefore, depending on her levels, we'd say to her, okay, you can take iron supplements, but you need to go to your doctor. If your iron levels, you can come back in three months or so, but if your iron levels are still low, you're still having these symptoms, it's not a good idea to wait three months, you need to go to your GP. But we've given her an indication. She didn't think there was anything wrong with her, but we picked up on the fact that she was low in vitamin D and she was low in iron, so she needs to do something about it. And if the symptoms persist, even though if she wanted to take vitamin D supplements, she needs to be referred to a doctor. So that's the type of person that we encourage to come to us. And part of our whole ethos, if you like, is it's not just a case of having a test. That's that's the first step. It's about the advice and the support that we can give you as well, because we've got the time to sit down and speak to you and engage. You can ask us questions. We can ask you questions. When you book a test with us, we send you an information sheet about your test. We email you so you know what you're coming for, so you can ask the relevant questions if you feel like you need to. And then after the test, we send you a post appointment a test. So that's got links onto relevant um, websites about all the information that you can have to hand. So it's it's a lot more than just having a test. It's a whole new concept whereby you're in control. And that's what we want. That's our that's what we hope our legacy will be. We want people to take control and to be aware 
and that and also there's been a lot of uh, research by Deloitte and PwC into the healthcare model, what it's going to look like in the future. And Deloitte did an excellent study whereby they said that the future models of healthcare are not going to be as they are now. One of the things they pointed out was that customers will dictate how they want to access their own healthcare. So they mentioned that on the high street, and it's interesting with the pandemic and there's all this talk about what the high street's going to look like in the future. They said that they felt that the high street and healthcare were going to be trying to be more accessible people were going to have to have easier access to healthcare. And we feel we're starting that model now with the London House of Wellbeing. That's how we're looking to the future, if you like, with healthcare. Sorry, the London House of Wellbeing connected to your pharmacy? No, it's a separate entity in that respect. It's a separate business. Some of the solutions potentially can be found in your pharmacy? Yes. So it's interesting that you say that as well, because in our pharmacy, for example, we allow people to have a prostate test, um, men, and we have a sign up saying that you can have this test here. And so when we approached men about it, they said they don't want one. Um, They were the right age, but I, I just don't feel like, why? Why don't you want one? And it would come about that they were scared. They felt that they didn't really want to know what the result may be. And we were trying to explain to them that it's better that you find out if you're likely to develop, if the issue could develop into something worse than just to ignore it. And so what happened was we felt that the setting wasn't necessarily right in a pharmacy, in a busy pharmacy where customers can overhear what you're saying. We have consultation rooms, but even then it just didn't feel right. So that's what made me think maybe a different setting was something what would encourage people to access these health screening tests. So yes, you're absolutely right. Pharmacy and giving people advice and making people aware, that will always be there. But a different model, I felt, was needed that was solely dedicated to health screening because you can pick up on so many different things. And is your business, so you say you're in Herne Hill, I'm in Kent. So is it? Or do we have to come in or is there? can we access these tests virtually in any way? No, unfortunately. But one day we might have a London House of Wellbeing in Kent because we intend to roll out this concept okay. all over London and everywhere. But no, you would have to come in. And that's something that we would want. Healthcare, you need to trust people, you need to engage and you'd feel more comfortable when if we were sat opposite each other, you could ask me whatever mm. you wanted. But it's definitely face-to-face, no virtual tests could take place. I mean, we supply a COVID test that we could post to you, a PCR test, but that's it. So I hope you don't say, obviously, this podcast called The Business of Healthcare. And what our listeners, they love to hear your personal story, but also kind of the business strategy. So what you've you've come on and said, I was a pharmacist. I always wanted to run my own business. You set up your pharmacy. Now you've got another business and you've said that you want to expand that business to other, you know, other locations. Do you think in the next five years, this is what we're working towards? 
Absolutely. So you say what my business strategy is. My business strategy is we aimed to start in Hernhill with one unit. We tend, This would serve as the template. So the successful aspects of it, the feedback that we got from customers, that would all be taken on board and we would have manuals set up in order for every aspect of the business. So for example, we have an Instagram manual, a Facebook manual. We have all our SOPs for each test. They've been changed. I mean, we've only opened in September, but the SOPs, the standard operating procedures for each test has changed about three times because we've discovered that as we've rolled it out, they weren't as effective as they needed to be. They weren't concise. They were too long to begin with. So we've got SOPs in place for each test. So we have set up templates for every aspect of the business. Why? So that we can roll it out easier for the next one. So we have a site we want to expand into East London for the next business. So there's 32 boroughs in London. So this Hernhill establishment serves as the template for all the others. That's what we want to do. And so if you want to scale up in business, you always have to have procedures in place. And that's what we have consciously tried to do. So that if anyone wanted to come in and to to replicate what we did, they would find it easy. So that's our main aim. Do you want to do this independently or are you seeking investment to scale this up quicker? I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, it would be great to do it independently, but I'm an open book in the sense that, you know, some people might have a better way of doing things that, yeah, that would be fantastic if someone came along and said, look, Lara, I can make this easier for you to roll out. Why don't you do A, B and C? Then absolutely, yeah, I would be open to that. Any suggestions or investment? Yeah, that's possible. Could you explain what a what your current week looks like in in, yeah business wise my current week on Mondays and Tuesdays I'm off um, from the pharmacy so that's engaging with the London House of Wellbeing team so we have a strategy in terms of marketing what so we discuss what's going to go out on the Instagram and the Facebook page and everything like that we have an actual process by whereby we have a calendar of all health events. So we always try to tie in health events with what's going on within the London House of Wellbeing in terms of promotions and everything like that. So, and we have a lot of people approaching us. So it's a case of me sifting through all the people that have DM'd or emailed and want to do collaborations. I mean, we had the most fantastic collaboration with a company called Hello Day. They sell multivitamins and minerals and we had a Q&A with them last week. And so they want to develop more because it went so well. So we're liaising with them about how we can promote both our businesses. So it's a a win-win situation. So Mondays and Tuesdays are totally booked up with all types of aspects of the London House of Wellbeing. And then on Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays, I'm at the pharmacy, which is next door to a a medical centre. So it is full on there in terms of, um, you know, giving people advice, prescriptions, services that we provide, MURs, reviewing patients' medication, dosset boxes, 
you know, the normal for any pharmacist, really. And then what's your family, behind your business, what's your family life look like? (laughs) So my family life is really obviously important to me. It's hectic. So my husband and I, like I said, we work in the pharmacy business. So I have a son who's at university. So, but he's home. Can I just stop you? Guys, she looks about like, (laughs) about 25. (laughs) Sarah, you're so... I need, I need some of what you're taking. <laughs> Flattery will get you everywhere. Thank you so much. That's such a nice thing to say. So I have a 19-year-old son, so he's at university. And then I have a 16-year-old daughter. So she's in the middle of her GCSE stroke, non-GCSEs at the moment. So she's a bit stressed out doing um, assessments at school and everything. But yeah, so that's my family life. So we try and do family things together, whether that's watching things on TV together or playing games and arguing over Monopoly (laughs) and who's not. Yeah. So my family life's really important to me. If you look back at the past month, could you share a day where you thought, I am absolutely crushing this, like everything is going exactly how I want it to? And also, can you share a day where actually you thought, oh my, like, what the hell am I doing? Yeah. So I think a day where I felt everything was going really well was, I think, when, um, you know, you try at work, when I'm at working in the pharmacy, I don't have my phone near me. So I'm working and then I'll go to the office where it is. And then I look at all the, my emails, you know, on my lunch break or whatever, whenever I get some time. And so this particular day, I looked at my um, phone and there were just so many messages that were good, positive news. So Hello Day was saying yes to the collaboration. They were saying that they would send us boxes for our window display. They were saying that the Q&A, when it could go out on the 7th of April, they were just being so positive and all my messages were positive. So we had someone, um, a nutritionist that had got in touch with us and she was saying that it was okay for us to do a, um, we're going to run a health event with her. It's called Test Yourself, Test Your Health. She was saying we could finally do that because that had been postponed. So everything was positive and that just gives you a natural lift. So I looked at it and I thought, that's great. You know, everything we wanted is falling into place. So that, you know, just made me feel, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. That side of business is is really good. So yeah, that gave me a little lift for the rest of the day. So yeah, I remember that distinctly. I can look at somebody like yourself and think she's got two businesses. She's like, she's a mother, she's a wife, like life just must be perfect all of the time. She looks amazing. And I think it's important for other people on this podcast to hear actually the days where aren't so good and the mindset of what you're going through and how you get through that day and kind of get up the next day and, you know, look forward and just crack on. Tara, that is such a good question. And the reason I say that is because you've mentioned something that's really important, which is mindset. Now, this particular day, I was quite emotional afterwards because I was close to to tears and it was because of a customer. 
the way a customer had spoken to me. He had asked me, he was coming to the pharmacy. He originally phoned up and he was coming to the pharmacy and he just wanted to know where we were. Where was your pharmacy? Because a prescription had been sent via NHS 111. We have issues with how NHS 111 send prescriptions to us. It's very complicated, but there's always an issue. So I just said to him, oh, um, he must have heard the panic in my voice. I said to him, oh, NHS 111, um, how did they send it? And then my colleague said to me, oh, we've got an NHS, NHS 111 prescription already. So I said to him, oh, we've got your prescription. And he said, I, I haven't even told you my name. And I said, oh, no, because we keep NHS 111 prescriptions to one side, so we've got it. And then he said, so where are you? So I began to describe where we were. And he goes, I don't need to know where we are, where you are. I just wanted to know the area. I thought, oh, my gosh, that's, that's really weird. And I could tell he was a bit angry and a bit short with me, but I let it go. So, and then I put down the phone and that was it. So he came in about an hour later, we gave him his prescription. And then I heard him say to the pharmacy assistant, can I speak to the pharmacist? So I went out and he said to me, I thought you were so rude and condescending to me on the phone. And I was so taken aback because I hadn't been rude or condescending. And he said to me, you didn't even ask my name. And I, and I tried to interject. He goes, no, let me finish. You didn't even ask my name. You were very abrupt with me when I said um, that I had a prescription from NHS 111. And I just felt that you were rude and I want an apology. So I was just so taken aback because I didn't feel that I had been rude. And I just felt that I was being attacked verbally. So I explained to him the issues that we had with NHS 111 and everything. But what he just wanted to do was he just wanted to complain. So he asked for the, you know, the details to make a complaint. But my point is that he really upset me the way he was speaking to me. There were other customers in the shop and I could have let that affect me and it would have changed my mindset for the rest of the day. But what I've come to understand and accept is that I can't let that affect how I am and how I treat other people. Because if I was in the mindset that he's upset me, I'm angry, I'm upset, I would foster those feelings onto other people. And that's not right. So you have to remain strong. You have to ride above it and you have to just carry on. And I think dealing with the general public can be so hard. That's just one incident. But I find that it's how customers can, not all customers, but how they interact with you, they can really set you up um, for an interesting day, let me put it that way. So I, <laughs> I, I have that a lot. I have that a lot, but I won't let it affect my mindset. I always ride above it. I always try and be positive and look at the good things in my life to warm my heart and get me through. Um, but that was a particularly hard day. And I remember coming home and telling my husband about that customer and how it upset me and the staff as well. The staff, they couldn't believe how I was spoken to. So that really hurt. So it's not perfect. Yeah. When you think about your success, what is your superpower? What is the thing that Lara does like just impeccably? I think Lara is a positive person. 
I think that that has held me in good stead. And I'll give you an example. My mum, as I've mentioned before, was the most amazing woman ever. She gave me such strength. She gave me such confidence. And, you know, I just respect and admire her so much. She's no longer with us, but I think about her every day and she drives me forward. But just to give you an example of how much confidence she gave me, she believed in whatever I did, I could do it. I wasn't a particularly good tennis player, but every tennis tournament that I entered, she would say, you can win it, Lara, just bring back the trophy. (laughs) She was that type of woman. And I told her, this just sums her up. I said to her, I think it was 2007, I was running the London Marathon. And she said, I hope you win it. That's how ridiculous she was, the London (laughs) Marathon. She felt that I could win it. So, you know, I think that's what you should try. And that's what I try and instill in my children, not arrogance, just self-confidence and positivity. So that's what I, I think can really drive you forward. And, and that's how I like to think that I am a positive person. So you've talked about the positive side of your kind of personality and your attributes. Are there any areas where you feel that kind of you get in your own way that you maybe, I don't know, I'll give you an example. I would say I am, my superpower is my ambition. Like if I say I'm going to do something, I, you know, like blood, sweat and tears. And I, I enjoy the process. And then as soon as I achieve it, I think onto the, even like when I'm trying to strive to achieve for one thing, I'll be like climbing Kilimanjaro thinking, right, I'm going to do, I'm going to do, I'm going to do Everest Base Camp. Like, I'm always, I think I'm very ambitious. How I get in my own way is actually, I'm not very confident. So I, it's like one step forward, two steps back ev- all the time. That's running a successful podcast that everyone knows about. You, you don't think you're very confident. I know. And that's so true. If you don't even, you kind of, and I sometimes I think, Tara, if I was a little bit more confident and I had a, had a coaching session before this, and it comes up every time. And I know that I'm doing it. And I say things to myself like, what do I know? I don't know. Or I just, if somebody pays me a compliment, I will just say, I will just dismiss it. And that is how I get in my own way. And I do it all of the time. It's so strange that I can be fiercely ambitious. And then the other side of me is like, oh, am I good enough? I don't know what to do. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And that you say that with no confidence. And yet I do have some confidence, but I don't, I do have some confidence, but it takes so much energy for me to do certain things, even though I really want to do them. So that is how I get in my own way. So my question to you is how do you get in your own way? I think if, I think my impatience, I think that that is something that I need to, to work on. I'm not a very patient person. And I think that, yeah, you need to, to sort of step back and, and just appreciate what you have and appreciate the good things. Yeah. And, and not sort of try and rush things through. So I think that is one. And, and I say that, and I've said it at work and everything, that I am not a very patient person. And that's something that I have to work on 
Yeah. So if, if if you were to ask someone, what's Lara's fault? If you said that to my husband, he would definitely say she's impatient. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's where I get in my own way. Definitely. Could you share your top three productivity tips? Okay. Good question. So I think my top three productivity tips would be to have a plan. Okay. So whatever you aim to do, plan. And I also feel that once you've made your plan, you should have a way of evaluating what you've done. So it's no good just having a plan and not being, um, you know, you can be specific about it, but evaluating what you have and then that will enable you to move on. So if you could have those aspects in every part of your life, not just your business life, in your social life as well, I think that you will go far. So with business, I definitely planning, organizing, I have my list of things that have to be done. I evaluate them when they have been done. And then that helps me to lead on to the next thing. And that makes me productive planning, organising and moving on, setting my targets. Those were the three things that make me productive, definitely. And if somebody was listening to this podcast thinking, I really want to take the leap, I want to start my own business. Do it. (laughs) Absolutely do it. And something else I have to say. I didn't even finish my question. (laughs) I know, I just have to say you can finish it. But not only have you got to do it, You have to surround yourself with good people that encourage you and support you. I'm not saying that they have to say yes to everything that you do, but I think you need to have people around you that you can bounce ideas off. So sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. (laughs) No, that's absolutely fine. (laughs) Do it. I must I mean, I feel like I've got the best of both worlds. I love running my own business and I've got some long-term clients and I really do feel part of their, you know, like their team and their business. But I do think it's, I of course would say it's the best thing that I've ever done. Yes, I'm very, very happy. If people want to find out more about you, where, where can they go? Okay, so they can go to, they can email me. So that's info at thehouseofwellbeing.co.uk. They can pop in because I do go to the London house as well. So that's 200 Relton Road. Or they can just give me a ring on 0207 733 So I'm just open and very receptive to anyone getting in touch with me. I'll be happy to hear whatever you have to say to help, to give you ideas or support. Or if you just want to contact me in any of those ways, I'll be more than happy to receive your correspondence. I love that. You are the first guest that's given out their phone number. <laughs> love that. What? Why not? <laughs> Thank it you. It's the business phone number, but why not? <laughs> Thank you so much. I really like, I feel when we first met, I just felt like we were friends. We were just giggling away. Um, so I really, really, really appreciate your time. 
Honestly, Tara, it's been an absolute pressure and you're an inspiration. I think what you've done, what you do is absolutely fantastic and you're one of a kind. So the fact that two doctors have mentioned you to me and you don't, you weren't so much aware of them and everything, I just think you just carry on doing what you're doing because you're doing a fantastic job. And like I said, you're an inspiration and it's mm. been my pleasure, my absolute pleasure to talk to you today. So thank you very much. You can just come back every week. (laughs) All right. I'll speak to you soon. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. If you like what you hear, I would absolutely love it if you left us an iTunes rating and five star review. I know many of you give us a shout out on social media, which is lovely to see you guys listening to the podcast. So please come and find us on Twitter at THC Primary Care, on Instagram at THC Primary Care and on LinkedIn, just look for Tara Humphrey. And if you're not subscribed to our newsletter, please do. It's really, really funny. You get to hear more insights, more confessions, some tips and tools and a roundup of our activity over the week. So click on join the newsletter in the show notes and I will see you in the next episode.